got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host Steve Semino, and with me, as always, is my co-host Andrew Johnson. Hello. Only one thing could have dragged me away from the glow of electric sex in the window, and it's you two gentlemen. <laughs> that was good. So you 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 were true to the quote, but you also pivoted to make it uh, uh-huh. appropriate. Thus, I like it. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, that's a good line from that movie. <laughs> it's a very good line. <laughs> There's a lot of good lines. There are oh, there a lot are. of good lines. This is a wonderful uh, bounce back to normalcy and joy and pleasantness from last episode. Although last episode was incredibly <laughs> fun, compliments abounded, everyone loved our Princess Switch episode, but now we are talking about a much better movie for sure across the board. I don't think there's a human being on Earth who would dispute that, and if there is, <laughs> I don't want to know that person, and it's probably not Vanessa Sam. Hudgens. Oh, <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens may be contractually forced to say that Princess Switch is better than A Christmas story but let's hope not we are here to talk a christmas story and of course that means that sam johnson is here hello sam hi there how's it going it's going great sam thank you for uh giving us a good movie i know you do give us a one or two fine films every year but this was this was quite a treat i was it was really it's it's amazing we haven't done it yet it's such a classic christmas movie it was really good to rediscover it Yes, it sure was, and we're going to get into it in detail. Before we get into the movie, let's do beverage of choice. I do not have a Bud Light seltzer that is holiday-themed. Those (laughs) were unfortunately consumed over the weekend. So I just have a classic Guinness, just a nice, frothy beverage for my enjoyment. I I am drinking a... uh... Uh, a, a bourbon and ginger, a Buffalo Trace and ginger, and I think that fits with the Guinness, Steve. I feel like that's something Old Man Parker, played by the great Darren McGavin, apparently <laughs> would have enjoyed. Of Billy Madison, he seems fame. like a simple, simple man. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that it was weird that he didn't drink anything in the movie, even though he's like such a archetypal like 1940s dad or whatever it's my girlfriend noted visually at least we couldn't confirm what's in the drink but she believes they were drinking wine on christmas morning can you guys oh they were yeah yeah. they were right okay that was wine yeah yeah yeah. do people do that is that a thing that used to happen in ye old days or what's up i I don't know no one is (laughs) no sam you haven't uncovered that in your christmas readings or watchings or anything like that another great line though Uh, he goes this wine isn't good, but it ain't bad either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I do feel like when I read about history or read more about errors in history, it becomes clear that people were just, until very recently, were often just drunk all the time. So I feel like it's maybe it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Seems possible. Yes. Just I mean, if you watch Deadwood, the they were drunk 99% of the time. Right. So. Right, right. Oh yeah. Right. There's a whole whole rebellion in this country about whiskey in the 1790s. So, yeah. Sam, what are you drinking as we speak right now? I'm drinking. I'm drinking a celebration in the IPA. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Andrew favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. The only Christmas I, beer you really need. I, I considered uh, a sidecar car of egg dog, but um, it is a, <laughs> it's a Tuesday. It's Tuesday, so. <laughs> That's true. It is a Tuesday. I would have been very proud of you if you were doubling up, but I also am proud of your restraint at the same time. So. Sam and, Sam and Buddy the Elf are the only people that would drink a sidecar of eggnog. <laughs> like, like a second beverage that's egg <laughs> The thickest, pastiest beverage you could have as a chaser. <laughs> all right boys let's get into it let's talk christmas story i i will say this was not something i grew up with particularly it was obviously on tv over and over again but it wasn't something we watched a ton until i would say i hit my teens but now that i've seen it it's you know and and seen i've certainly seen bits and pieces of it year after year for the last decade if not two it's it's the perfect movie for that kind of thing. Like it it's just not, not only is it a great short to the point Christmas movie, but it was made it's it's like it's it's you know a bunch of vignettes that are essentially stitched together and it's just it really is that not only a great Christmas movie but it's such a good TV movie as well. Yeah, I think you know it's funny you say that because uh I think this will be something we cover in It's a Wonderful Life too, which is the impact of what ends up on cable um and what what turn how that how that can turn something into a holiday classic because it's a wonderful life has a pretty similar story in terms of uh not being a particularly memorable um movie when it when it came out uh, or or not not super celebrated and then and picking up this sort of um following many many years later and i think it was sam you know sam and i obviously grew up in the same house i would say it was the same for us i mean this movie came out in 1983 it feels older than it is because i think it does such a good job of like the entire 1940s feel um stylistically but yeah it wasn't something that i think sam and i watched with our parents till yeah high school or college and it is like you know you 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 told you stole one of my top line impressions of this, which is like it is like the ultimate um, cable movie, and I think it's TBS or TNT. One of them plays it for 24 hours on Christmas Day, so that's usually how I watch it. I don't. I, I, this is actually one of the first times I think I've ever, maybe this first or second time I've ever just sat down and watched it start to finish with no commercials, <laughs> um, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would agree. It's, it's a it's a boatload of fun. <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's absolutely perfect for the format of being being essentially just looped for twenty four hours uh, <laughs> on a on a day when you know you're distracted and doing other things. And so, like, yeah. I don't know, I I didn't, I hadn't forgotten any of the scenes, but uh, the the vignettes, as as you said, Steve. But I, I had forgotten, like, I guess the order of them. Because it's all so jumbled up because that's not how you normally watch it. It's like it's such an interesting phenomenon as a movie that it's like taken uh, it's that role in our culture that it's like it, it doesn't need to be linear uh, in, in any. I mean, there's a plot and there's connectivity from one vignette to the no, to another, but like it doesn't really matter. And it's, I mean, it's and what it does so well that so many of the bad movies we talk about on this little series don't do, 
as it it's about Christmas explicitly many many times, but it do, it isn't just slavishly devoted to that idea. You know, like half the movie is just random shit about the family and adventures they're going on and other things, and then the other half is Christmas stuff, and that's great because I feel like you get to know these characters and these people by just the way they interact in, in in the other aspects of their lives, so that the Christmas stuff has more, I think, depth and relevance because you just like them and you appreciate them and you know them to a certain extent. So when they also then are gathered to celebrate Christmas or talk about pre- whatever the hell they end up doing that actually is Christmas oriented, it feels earned and fun and enjoyable and you don't feel like it's being forced on you, this idea that this is a family and they like Christmas and this is important. It's just, you get you just get to know them as characters, which is a very simple thing but I, obviously a lot of the movies we, we cover just don't take the time to do that because they're so focused on just hammering home the idea of Christmas, Christmas, Christmas and they forget to tell like a story with characters that matter. Yeah, it's funny you say that, uh, both of you, I guess, but especially Sam, because it actually, the vignette style, it reminds me of um, a movie we talked about a few years ago, which is Christmas Vacation, which I feel is very similar in terms of being, you know, being geared towards watching with commercial breaks. Uh, Each scene is sort of funny, but feels sort of like somewhat loosely connected. I just think this movie is better at connecting the dots. And then I think it just has more of a, more of a clear perspective, which is like, you know, what is the Christmas season to like a middle-class eight-year-old kid, you know, like, like what, what is it? Um, And it, it, man, it threads a really tough needle in that regard, which is like it, you know, Ralphie's incredibly materialistic. He wants a certain, certain toy. And, um, he gets it in the end, and he still manages to be sort of uh, sweet uh, somehow. Um, which I think, to your point, Steve is is really around the just the 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 commitment of the characters and the commitment of what it is of like telling the story from the perspective of a of a young of a young kid going through the Christmas season. And actually, I think it would be like untrue to like eight or nine year old kids if they didn't get the one toy they really wanted and then they were like, I learned something today, you know, like, like that's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not, that's a, that's, that's a, not, that's a Christmas special after yeah. school. You know, that's not the act. Yeah. The story is the kid gets the present and he's happy. And that really, you know, that's, yeah. that's, just, yeah. that's a lot more. Yeah. That's a lot more easier to swallow. A lot of your comments are, are some of the notes I jotted down too. Like I, I love that it like doesn't shy away from the material aspect of Christmas, which is, it's huge for kids, you know, for kids, Christmas is about toys. And I mean, for a lot of people, Christmas is about presents, but I mean, the, the, the wrapper around it is, uh, something Steve mentioned, which is the characters. So like the mom and the dad are just so, you know, you could see if they were a bit more two dimensional or a bit flatter, like we see in other uh, other Christmas movies, like they would just sort of be caricatures, right? Of like the the bumbling uh, sort of incapable dad and like the mom who just like sacrifices everything so that her children and husband have a great Christmas or whatever. But like every time you think they're gonna veer into that caricature, it, it comes back and is amazing. And that's why, like, uh, when I, I, I made the connection, too, to uh, Clark Griswold with uh, Ralph, Ralph's dad, Ralphie's dad. And it, he, I just was reflecting. And Clark just feels like 
a shitty facsimile of 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 Ralph's dad. Like he's the exact right mix of like tone deaf and actually caring. Um, so that it's not like he's like doing a bit, but it's just like how he is. And then uh, like the whole like Clark Griswold is so incapable that it's just ridiculous. But Ralph's dad is like a great mix of like, you know, he's able to change a tire and get it going and blah, blah, blah. But he also goes to war with the furnace and like fails and the and the mom like, you know, is sliding the dials and fixing it. Uh, behind his back and so it's like he's a real person uh and i love yeah that's a really good point i had never really juxtaposed them but like yeah well i mean let's just be honest like the vacation movies are are funny but like i mean i guess you could say it's a chevy chase in real life but like clark griswold is not like really a good person no, he he, <laughs> like, and he, he usually learns like, the error of his ways at a certain point, but that's like the whole yeah, yeah. like he's a, he's a he's a boob, he's a lovable but, boob sort of. Yeah, well, it's like every movie is trying to being... cheat on his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's constantly trying yeah. to. Yes, yes. Is, he's like uh, his... every movie is him being selfish, completely selfish, worrying about himself, and then yeah, like leering at like nineteen-year-old girls at the in the car next to him. Yeah, so. And what what this makes this dad what makes the old man in this so great is I love that he's called the old man too that's amazing yeah. but like he is like, like, like Sam when you said caricature that made me think of something like he is an outsized weirdo like he there's yeah. a whole scene with the with the major award which I forgot about entirely and I was like this is the funniest <laughs> thing like calling something a major oh award God. is the best thing ever <laughs> like yeah, he gets a yeah. lamp calls it an award and then just obsesses over it until his wife breaks it on purpose and then they have like a little yeah. kerfluffle and that's it like. <laughs> That is so weird and so not relevant to anything else in the movie, but it's perfect. And like, it's just it just accentuates how odd this man is. And like, he it, <laughs> but it, but it doesn't come across as like being a boob or being a, a, a dumb every man. He's just an eccentric, you know. Like he just he's yeah. this way. And but like he says him, but he's also competent enough, and like he also pays attention enough that he buys his son the present he wants. And the like he he isn't just like out there to be uh, authoritarian or dismissive. Like he is a pretty good dad. Like he's just a guy, you know. Like he's not—he's not trying to be anything totally ridiculous. But at the same time, the things he does and into have these weird foibles to them that make him stand out, and you care about him. Like it's—it's it's a weird. Comp- I don't know how they hit that that sweet spot so perfectly. But he doesn't feel contrived. Yet he also is completely strange at the same time. Love it. Yeah. He's so good. I think. And the mom. The mom also. Like, I mean, she's obviously the real MVP in this movie. But just if only for the fact that she breaks the lamp on purpose, like she she's like she'll get Ralphie and the old man more cabbage and eat a cold meal every night. But she's breaking that fucking lamp. (laughs) She hates it. It's weird. She's right to break it. (laughs) Yeah, she is right to break it. She's like very much within her rights. You know, it's what's funny again to juxtapose the the old man with Clark Griswold. Like Clark Griswold, buy, if you recall, buys the pool with his Christmas bonus that he doesn't receive, and then gets very mad about something that he deserves, which in some ways makes him like Ralphie um, <laughs> from like an emotional development standpoint. On the other hand, you're right, Steve, that the the old man is super excited about his his major award 
doesn't seem to understand the sexual connotations of it <laughs> or like very very barely does like one of my favorite things about that scene that i noticed just watching this time around i mean like that that is my favorite scene that's that's whole sequence or the, i guess there's a couple really uh in the in the whole movie but like my favorite part is that like ralphie's like all horny about the fucking lamp uh <laughs> yeah. like, rubbing like the, butt. the old man seems completely oblivious <laughs> it's like you know um someone from like a burlesque show uh like their their leg or whatever so i mean like that that i think that's an important um difference is that like he's he's uh the dad is 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 uh is is genuine and uh not clearly not completely selfish and actually is often selfless and just happy to like get any sort of major award yeah he doesn't care what it is he's just happy he won right that's his that's his primary joy is that he won something yeah 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 so anyway i would so this movie i I, it was weird to watch it with a critical eye, as 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 critical as my eye can get um, around around Christmas. But um, I I just I don't I think this is a good movie. I don't think it's just a good Christmas movie. And I will say two things about why I think that's the case. Is the first is that it just captures in such an amazing way, like sort of the thrilling hyperbole uh, of like mundane activities um, that, that, that a, that a child experiences the world and right. So like everything is just on a grand, massive epic scale and every activity that Ralphie goes through is like the biggest thing that's ever happened. And it's a battle between good and evil. And it's like everything, like when he's like getting asked what he wants for Christmas, it's like the quest is on the knife's edge, you know? And I, I just love that because it like, from what I can remember of being a child, like that's how things feel, right? Like everything is huge, even though they're it's everything you're doing is very mundane in retrospect, but then the other side of that coin is that somehow it manages to thread the needle where like you're hearing the narration, but then you're hearing Ralphie talk and say like weird random shit to his parents and have him be like super annoying. And it's like, okay, well uh, that's probably how my parents felt when I was a kid. Right. And so (laughs) it really like uh, that uh, phenomenon and maybe it's from the source material that it gets it, but like, that phenomenon is a, a re- really unique. I've never seen another movie like that. And I think it's really cool. I totally agree that I think it is a good movie independent of the Christmas connotations because it does just capture the perspective and the feeling of being, you know, eight or nine or 10 years old. Uh, so I, I totally, I totally agree with that. I don't think it's like an amazing movie. Uh but like you know, Steve and I have this conversation. There's only like, there's not that many amazing movie. Like it's not like a, it's not like anything I would call like a masterpiece. But I do think it's, I do think it's good. It's got a lot, it's got a lot going for it. Um, and and yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. It is because it 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 does, you know, it uses Christmas as a tool to get inside the mind of a or get you know tell a story from a perspective of a. 10 year old, which frankly, like we don't, even with all these Christmas movies we've done, we don't really get a genuine, like eight, nine, 10 year olds perspective on the season 
what we often get is either morality plays, which is like the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Scrooge Grinch thing, which is a very, those are very adult themes. Um, <laughs> um, or we get, um, or we get like, just sort of like the, like just, just fantasy, right? Like, so the Santa Claus or whatever. like, these are like, they're supernatural things. So they're not, they're not like tethered to sort of reality uh, in, in the same sort of way, which is why I think it's, why I think it, it, it sort of has become a Christmas classic because it, it, it just taps into something that is familiar to a lot of people. Um, yeah, and, and, and Andrew, I think, and, and one thing I think that ties into what you're saying is a lot of the, both movies you're describing often uh, use lessons, you know, like a kid has to learn a lesson or some, some lesson has to be learned or the joy of Christmas must be fully grasped before you can appreciate the holiday. But in this movie, he doesn't, Ralphie gets the gun just because his parents are nice and because he's just a relatively nice kid, you know, like he doesn't he doesn't master Christmas. He doesn't do the best things like he he doesn't do that well in school and it doesn't really matter anyway. You know, like it's happenstance. He's excited. He's enthusiastic. He wants it to be a certain thing. But I, and I think, Sam, you touched on it so well, too, is like this movie is about just like it's, it's more about Ralphie as a kid and what it's like to be a kid as you're coming up to like say the Christmas season when that becomes the predominant thing in your life but like in theory there could be like a Easter movie like this or something you know what like Ralphie is gonna or Halloween like Ralphie's gonna get pumped for something else in two months anyway you know like it's just while this movie's going on the character is excited about Christmas and Christmas is a big deal it doesn't underplay that at all but it's just he's just like he's a kid going through life and everything that happens to him as you said is the most important thing and now he's happened to reach probably the most important thing on a kid's calendar, which is December 25th, and he's super pumped about it. And things work out for him just because that's how it works sometimes. You know, like, it's it was a good year. I assume the family did well enough where they could buy a few extra presents. And, like, it's just – but it, but it doesn't it doesn't hang its hat in anything beyond that. And I think that is why it's a good movie is because it knows exactly what it's trying to do. It's not trying to overstretch. It's not trying to be about everything for everybody. It's just trying to tell a simple story with simple characters. And I think that it, it, it puts a cap on it. It's never going to be – be a classic but it doesn't not every movie can be or should try to be this one knows exactly what it wants to be and it, and it does it perfectly uh, Steve to add on like to, to to your point he then shoots his eye out yeah the and movie doesn't end with he gets the, it doesn't end with he gets the gun and then it fades to no black like there's a whole he does yeah. mess up no consequences he skates <laughs> out of it he convinces his mom that it was an icicle falling off of freaking Eve like it's amazing. There's no moral. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's it's yeah. You think you're like oh now now like they're gonna make him pay for for not listening about to to his mom and everyone saying he's gonna shoot his eye out. And it's like nope, he doesn't pay for that at all. It's amazing. <laughs> I will say one small thing about this film that uh, is it really surprises me. Like I would say. Um, most films with like a like a omniscient like narrator voice either i really don't like it because i it's like a crutch to do exposition without like having to do any work or i'm like kind of ambivalent to it um and it's like it's like fine but it's like i don't really remember it one way or another like in this one 
you have to say it's like it's like critical to the story and you know sam you pointed out there's like there's this interplay between the narrator voicing ralphie's thoughts and then him blurting out something really weird um and i i believe the narrator is gene shepherd who wrote the source material so i think that probably helps um but like i just thought that was kind of interesting going through i'm like usually i don't either don't like a narr- having a narrator or i just don't even notice them and, and I don't think they're critical to the story, but in like this one, this like it, you can't have this movie really without that internal monologue being brought to brought to life um, in a really and then you know the narrator has some of the best lines in the in the whole thing, including the one I I started out with um, here. So um, yeah, I just I, that was one thing I wanted to call out too that that's kind of unusual. I, I think this film is 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 a very unusual film. <laughs> I don't think they've ever like recreated it or done something like it since either. And like, I mean, I'm sure not for lack of trying, but it's just, I don't think you can just pop another one of these out and have it resonate. I think it was the perfect storm kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I tend to agree. Yeah. It's, it really, the, you're so right, Andrew, like the, the voiceover really, and like, it is that hindsight thing of looking back. It's both looking back at a kid and, and, and voicing the thoughts that he was too dumb or too, you know, inexperienced to, to put into words, but then also trying to recapture that joy too. Like, like you said, it said the end is, you know, he gets the gun, he shoots his eye, it doesn't matter. And then he's like, it was the best toy I've ever got at the end of the movie. <laughs> you know, it's like, he's like recapturing, he's fine. He's remembering how formative and lovely it was to, to ask for something and to want it and to get it which i think is a very basic human desire that again usually it's tied to you must earn that and i i mean like yeah. sure that's nice but that also is labored and 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 boring sometimes frankly because i just don't think that's it's not what people want it's not what people want to see from a kid sometimes the kids don't always have to learn i guess if you're bad you should be good but if you're just a benign neutral little boy like just get your present like it's fine like and and when it's when it's the point of the when it's the point of the movie but not everything like this movie isn't 93 minutes about the bb gun you know like it's 30 minutes about the BB gun and 63 minutes of some random shit and some horny kids and some furnaces <laughs> and like there's and some bullies like there's a lot going on and it's just, I think that just makes the payoff valuable but it doesn't feel like a, a fait accompli or or a guarantee like it's I don't know it's just like, it's hard to even put in the words why it resonates so much because I don't know what well, I, I couldn't I can't really break down exactly what it does that is so smart and and makes it all flow but it's just it's there on the screen you know it works I mean, I think it's the perspective of a young boy and just bringing that to life in a really genuine way. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, Ralphie is not precocious. <laughs> he's not. He's, I'd say years, of all the family you know? members, he's, he's, I think he's the worst, like, family member in terms of his interest in the characters. Like, he's, he's an audience cipher, kind of, but, like, I love the old man. I love the mom. I love Randy. Randy's so funny. <laughs> and then Ralphie's just, like, there. Like, he's just a kid, you know? He's gotten, he doesn't really jump off the page, but that's good. Like, he doesn't really have to, or it probably isn't supposed to at all. Yeah, yeah like, I think it's intended for everything to happen around him, you know? And, like, essentially his role is to just create the glue uh, of the rifle. I, I, I don't know. That's not, that's sort of how I think about it, I guess. Yeah, the, uh, I, I have to say I'm really excited because this this was one of the first one of these movies where I actually sat down to watch it and I had Anna, my oldest daughter, watch it with me and she's five and she thought she 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 watched the whole thing. Um, thank God it was like 90 minutes. You know, that's that's, <laughs> that's bad enough. For it's her. an actual tight uh, 93, so that's good. She <laughs> she thought 
she and I were actually talking this morning about because we're about to get some snow here about um, Randy and his snowsuit because um, we were talking about how he couldn't like put his arms down. That was pretty funny. Uh, but I, you know, I shared this with you guys, and I think it's it's it needs to be shared with the world. Uh, more proof that the the major award is the best scene um, when the when the thing comes out of the box and it goes. What's that, a foot lamp? <laughs> Which, <laughs> so it's even funny to five year olds. Um, it's amazing. So yeah, she was she was taken aback. So anyway, it was nice to be able to watch one of these with uh, with Anna because I think like there haven't been too many of these that have have lined up that way in terms of her her, her wanting to be able to watch it. Arthur Christmas and Muppet Christmas Carol, but not too many others. Also, great movies. Two other great movies. Yeah, uh, well, one other great movie. Fifty <laughs> percent, right? Yeah. You know, what the, you know what the other big advantage of this movie is, and as I was watching it today, I was like, "Wow, this is just so. This is like really hitting the endorphins in the right way." Is that you get the? It, so it's a great movie. All that, everything we just said, but then you get like the double dose of nostalgia, also. The first of which is, you know, it's just like so classically northern Indiana suburban uh, Americana nostalgia, right, from the 1940s or early 50s or whatever, right? And it's just like it's so steeped in that like nostalgic like post-war era whatever, right? And so there's that. And then you get the second hit of nostalgia from having watched this a million times. And then it like evokes all of your own memories. And it's just like, it just makes you so happy personally. (laughs) See, that's interesting because I can't relate to like Ralphie's enthusiasm really at all. But I like, I imagine Sam for someone like you, well, well, I guess that's actually, maybe that's a good question for you. Like Ralphie is, is not he's enthusiastic about the presence part of Christmas. He does he's a very single-minded kid who's very focused as we sort of said on the idea of getting the toy, getting the gun. Is that is do you, do you relate to that or do you like do you just like that like cuz again this doesn't like Christmas on very thick. Like is that but you like Christmas being laid on thick. Like do, when you watch something like this do you see the value of maybe a softer more subtle touch or or is it one of those things where you'll take either or you'll take the light touch, you'll take the deep touch, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I like all the touches. Um, <laughs> uh, if Christmas is touching me, it can't be a bad touch. Um, anyway, uh, no, uh, I, I do think that Ralphie uh, doesn't appreciate the other trappings of Christmas. He's, I think, he's a bit too single-minded as a character. Um, so, like, I mean, it, it, it gets there a little bit in the beginning when they're like looking at the christmas window and he's like he's like you know whatever the line is about mechanized electronic joy in the (laughs) in the window and i'm like yeah that's what i'm talking about but then like his focus is the rifle uh after that and he sort of forgets about the rest of christmas um i think the the most christmas as this is getting ahead of myself a little bit because i want to do something with you guys but um, the most Christmassy scene, obviously, is the morning when he gets the rifle, and it's just like, cause like giving the rifle is not about 
Ralphie getting the rifle for me as much as it is about his parents giving it to the to him and mm-hmm. like get, getting so much joy and happiness out of making their son happy, which is like if I'm being real, like the whole point of Christmas and like yeah. that if I'm looking for a message in this movie, it's that like people who love their children will try and do everything they can to make their kid happy on a, on a special day like this to make the day special. And like, and that just makes me cry every time I watch it. Uh, but yeah, that, 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 so like for me, that's, that's the hook to Christmas. I wish, you know, he loved decorations more though. (laughs) Yeah, I was, it's sort of, we said this already, but it really does, though it is Ralphie focused the entire time. And he's, you know, we, we are meant to see his joy when he gets the gun he's been asking for all along. It does, it does have that ability to step back and make it about him and not about him at the same time, you know? And I think that is maybe the Andrew, the narrative thing you're talking about is we all feel like we're watching along with an old story. So when you see Ralphie all excited, the camera, and also the direction as well, like the, the, the guy who directed this is named Bob Clark. He directed, he, he's the auteur behind the Porky's <laughs> franchise, Porky's one and two. And oh he's the God, guy who God. made baby geniuses. Those are his other big bullet points. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so he's got a weird ass career. I don't know what this guy's deal uh, is at all, but he co-wrote explains, it, he wrote it, produced it, and directed it. So explains Ralphie feeling up the lamp. <laughs> yeah, this little this happened. Porky's uh, came out I think two years beforehand, so he was definitely has some horniness to him. But but I think it's really smart to to show <laughs> to to take that omniscient viewpoint. Is you you are you able to appreciate the par- the family as much as you are Ralphie? So you know it's what Ralphie wants, but you get that this is a like you said, Sam. This is a sweet present from people who love their son, and like it doesn't it doesn't take that myopic uh view of movies that came after it where it is purely the kid wants the toy and even though even though they may not be as like ralphie's wants the toy too but there's just a lot more layers and more depth to this one whereas in the future i think the lesson if any movie took any lesson from this it's kids want toys show them needing toys and like that gets even when that doesn't have the other stuff around it it just it just falls flat i think yeah and you know what ralphie you know he is single-mindedly focused on this rifle but he even uh, that senior referencing sam he's not he's not like a dick about not getting the rifle when it's not clear mm-hmm. that he's gonna get it you know mm-hmm. and he also like plays ball he puts on the stupid pink bunny <laughs> costume right like oh so God. he's like he's not like he's not like he's not a little asshole like he's not he's not an or a, like a, a he's not so single-minded he's single-minded internally but he knows I guess he knows how to be how to be civilized. Um, so I think that that brings something to it. I, Sam, that's a great call too. Like that, this the the heart and soul of the movie. I don't know why I didn't you know pick up on it, but it, it's so obvious now that you say that it, that it's that scene where his parents give him the thing that he he wanted and he didn't think he was going to get it really, and um, and that it is what it all it's about. It's all about. And I, I think the movie does some smart things with those with those vignettes to. To, to just surrounding those vignettes to give that piece um, more power. And that is like, you know, Ralphie goes to the mall Santa and like the mall Santa sucks. It's terrifying and horrible. And the, obviously the person who's actually the mall Santa is awful. Um, and so like it, the movie does sort of subtly pick at some of the things that aren't really like, that are like the truly commercial 
um, parts of the season that aren't as like, you know, that aren't as, um, that, that aren't, that aren't as true to the spirit of it. And then even I, I would add like the, the, um, there, there is a poignancy and there's also some racism to the family ending up at the Chinese restaurant. Oh, some racism, uh, <laughs> not, not all the racism. Principally racist. That scene goes on for a long time too. I was like, Oh my God, it's still going. Oh, yeah. it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, yeah. the, the, the restaurant owner coming in to correct them is, uh, it makes me laugh even though I know it's not, it's, it's racist. But anyway, the, um, there is poignancy, I think, to that, even before that, where it's like, they're just like, where they're laughing and they're just kind of happy to be there together, even though they're like whole, you know, Christmas dinner has been ruined. Um, I do question their decision to cook turkey again so soon after Thanksgiving, but, you know, we'll, we'll set that aside for now. Um, uh, there, I think there is poignancy to them just being like, it's uh, it's okay, we're together, we're going to have a meal. Like, that. that's that's the simple, one of the simple things about the season, too. Um, you know, it could have been done, I suppose, without making fun of Chinese people. But, um, oh well. It was a <laughs> it was different nice time. Day. It was a different time, and they were covering a different time. So I guess there's two caveats yeah. that we can offer there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, uh, that, in that context, we should be probably glad that that's as bad as it got. Um, yeah, there's only one scene of it. Well, there are There is a scene with the two black guys are among the criminals that Ralphie shoots in the beginning of the movie. But... That's not nearly as bad. That's just I noted, oh, there's two black people in this movie, and they are the crooks in the robber gear that Ralphie shoots with his BB gun. So <laughs> not great, but more benign than, than the Chinese restaurant scene for sure. Who would have thought the, the Porky's guy would have been so insensitive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Sam, you, have, you had a question for us, I believe, that we talked about a little bit? Yeah, so I got, I I was like, there's so many good, I, you know, given that it's a movie of vignettes, I was like, we should we should go through and and figure out what our top top uh, top scenes are. Top eight each. Uh, <laughs> top eight to ten, eight to ten uh, in in rank order, please. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but I've got my. I can go as deep as three, but I, I imagine that there will be significant overlap. Uh, I think we all we the go, major award's got to be in everybody's right. The major award is just is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that didn't crack my top five. But wow, cool. didn't crack your top five. All right, Sam. Sam, lay yours on us, and Andrew and I will fill in the gaps. Because five scenes, okay. there's probably only like nine scenes in the movie. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I got the, well. Uh, my number one is the Santa scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so good because that's a real like, cool setup too. Like going to see Santa and then going down a slide—that would be great if I was a kid. I would love that. And it just captures the terror. It captures <laughs> yeah. the terror of, of seeing Santa when you're that age. I mean, it's it's so perfect. Did you guys think and when like, I saw that scene like that? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we should stop doing that, but it's very—it's sort of creepy that that's a thing we all do, right? Put our yes. kids on a stranger's lap and then just—and then they pretend like it's—and we all know it's bullshit. Like it's, it just feels—it's—I mean, it's fun. I definitely don't mean to act like there's anything like super weird about it, but it's, it's odd that's that was just an accepted tradition and still remains one, probably again post COVID for like decades now. Like, why are we all doing this? I I have never we have never done it with our girls, uh, and it did seems you and, like did you and Sam do it as kids? 
Yes. yes. And it, but it seems purely geared towards the photo op part of things. And Steve, I just have to say, I agree with you. It's, it was disgusting then. And it's like even more <laughs> disgusting now to like have like all the germs, the germs. I, I, I watched that scene this time in a different lens and I'd be like, that, this is the grossest <laughs> ever. It's Santa. But Sam, it's not Santa. It's it's a it's, it's a man. Santa. It's a fat. Usually a fat man. Not that fat men can't be perfectly pleasant and lovely, but it's a fat man with a fake beard, and I'm sure like some clothes that he gets from somewhere, like you know that they probably use again the year before. Like there's just a lot of stuff that oh, I'm just not he, on board with. He's obviously gonna rob them all. Yes, he's after. probably gonna rob them all. <laughs> if he's not, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna dude, assume he's you, going to until he proves otherwise. Proves to me that he's not. You know, I'm like, well, this guy's clearly scoping us out. That's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, that those sorts of things don't disgust me. When I don't know, like my kid like eats uh, old bananas off the floor that he finds. So like sitting on an old man's lap in a suit that he hasn't washed in a year is like. Whatever. I, I, not even cracking I don't want everyone to become super germaphobes at this point and not sit on Santa's lap, but I think uh, uh, I just wonder how long that's going to be a thing we all do. I feel like it's nearing the end of days, you know? Well, I think you should be a germaphobe about, like, everyone breathing respiratory viruses all over one guy for literally hours and hours, and hours on end at a part of the year that even without COVID is like there's a lot of illness going around no i think it's disgusting it's gross <laughs> all right sam sorry we're attacking your 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 uh your favorite scene than eating bananas off the floor <laughs> you completely overcorrected you completely overcorrected <laughs> due to covid and come on it's santa like you know it's even... not santa. sam you ascribe a lot of value to literally a stranger who's wearing a be a beard and a suit <laughs> he's not he's imbued he has no mystical powers he might not even be a nice man he might just be a very strange man like wearing the costume doesn't make him thief. any better he might be a thief who bangs people in the in the dressing room at the macy's like the plot of bad santa there's yeah. a whole movie about this i mean I, it's I, it shouldn't be surprising to me at this point with you guys but <laughs> even even after the nice conversation that we've had, but I can't believe that you are advocating taking children's joy away. I don't know. Is it children's joy or is it like your the young joy? kids cry when they go up there? Are you kidding me, Sam? Yeah, that's the whole point of this movie, right? They're all crying. They're all freaking out. Laugh and you're crying. They're, yeah, when I, like three, when I was like three, when I was when I was like two or three, <laughs> honestly, when I was like seven, I was amped to go sit on Santa's lap because I could tell him what I wanted and I knew Santa was going to bring it for me. And even after I like stopped, I figured out that he was wearing a fake beard. And it's like, you know, they tell you the fake story about about uh, about how he works for the real Santa, you know, like to get a, a year or two more of, of you believing like Come on, that's a big deal. And you guys just want to take that away? I mean, come on. I don't want to take it away. I just don't want it to happen anymore. That's the same thing. <laughs> Potentially semantic. Sam, we're interrupting your list of the greatest scenes though. I don't want to I don't want to pivot God. too hard from well, that. Now you're all flustered though. Now now we might not get to enjoy. I'm not flustered. I'm upset. <laughs> um, okay. Again, semantics. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, number two was rifle scene on Christmas morning that we discussed. It just is so good. 
The the reason that I put uh, the Santa scene above that though is just because it's like so over the top. Like they're being so like physical and violent. He with kicks him. he kicks Ralphie in the head and, and pushes him off. The it, it's like it's so over the top. It's it's perfect, right? Um, but then the rifle scene, Christmas morning, is just incredibly poignant. Um, number three is oh fudge, but I didn't say fudge. <laughs> um, that was really. Oh god, very enjoyable. See, uh, I would say for... better than that though is the is the then the scene of the the alternate universe where he's dying of soap poisoning. That made that's the real part of that I love. <laughs> yeah, where he's blind. And they're like, Ralphie, <laughs> yeah, where have yeah. you been? They act like he's been like just living on his own or something. <laughs> like, I love I love the idea of how that alternate world came to be, where he's just out on the town and he comes back to see the folks. <laughs> Unbelievable. So weird. Um. Number four is flagpole scene. Yeah, uh, I, I like the flagpole scene a lot. Just, it's a classic. I mean, the the fact that they're horrified, you know, like I, I love when he sticks his tongue on and then it, flat, it does the tight shots on all the kids' faces and they're just so horrified. And then the bell rings and he's like, he's like, don't leave me here. He's like, the bell rang. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like when he comes. He comes in with his his tongue all like bandaged. I think it's really just fault. <laughs> it's just a complete completes it. <clears throat> yeah, I was like oh, in the 1940s. Like I, I was like, I, can you imagine like a kid coming back to class with a tissue on his tongue these days? <laughs> um, that was amazing. And then I, I I regret putting this on my list, but the Chinese restaurant scene is. Is number five for me. I, it's so racist, but it's like <laughs> three white guys enjoy the racist scene in the eighties <laughs> Christmas movie. It is very yeah. fun. It, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, it's so over the top that I'm sure that's. I bet I mean in the eighties that's how they justified it. It's, Come on, this is like being ridiculous. We're not really saying, but at the same time, like I said, it goes on for three minutes, and it should go on for maybe thirty seconds, if even that. So. Yeah, it's too long. And the, I, the other part of that that I like is that the duck has the hat on and then he just chops it off yeah. at the table. Yeah, yeah. It's that's just fun. I like that. Racist? I don't know. I don't know if that's racist or not, but uh, it's a good part of this scene. It might be a little, but also, like, if you've been to, like, a legit Chinese restaurant, like, that's not... That's how they serve if you've done, like if If you've done dim sum, like, it's not, like... It's not that far off, and that's all really more about cultural taboos and stuff like that than like you know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I just can't believe you just listed the five scenes though, and that a major award is not one of them. And I, I actually have to say, I came into the movie being like, all I remember is Fragile. It must be Italian, which is like a great part of it. But like, there was so much more going on in that scene. Again, like Ralphie's perviness is like, <laughs> and it goes throughout. That makes it like yeah. extra funny. I, that is the funniest scene. I don't have any problem with any of the other ones. I, I would rank the flagpole scene and the Santa with the mall scene as like, you know, the other like couple of my favorites. But um, like leaving a major award off, I think is just a massive oversight. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I can see that. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. I would agree with all that. Major award rules. I also enjoy quietly the little short scene where he gets the Dakota ring from from the 
um, the little orphan Annie, and then he realizes that that commercialism and capitalism is ruining everything, and he goes, "Ah, yeah. <laughs> Oval Team!" <laughs> like, yeah. he, oh, a small little commercial. worm burrows into his brain and says, "Consumerism is bad, Ralphie." And then he this goes, "This is back all to... bullshit." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good. yeah. Super irrelevant. Like, yeah, not that's that's that that might be the least tied to everything, anything else in the movie kind of scene. But it's all good. It's just like it's it's it, 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 at the very least that captures being a kid and being excited for all the little shit. Like, yeah, I used to be excited to get stuff out of the the cereal boxes, you know. And then you're like, and then at a certain point you realize this is all plastic garbage, and I don't want this, and it doesn't <laughs> matter. But there's a period of your life where that is the coolest thing in the world is to open up a berry berry kicks and get like a trading card or whatever it's the best yeah Yeah, that's absolutely true i can't believe we got this far without talking about the the old man old man and his wife's beds oh yes how do they fuck that's the question (laughs) what do we think how do the how do the old man and the mom fuck I think they go down to the furnace room. That's my personal <laughs> opinion. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I was like, oh my god, they're living in a house with all this indoor pollution. Like that smoke can't be good. How do how does Ralphie not have asthma? Yeah, maybe they can't. Um, maybe their sexual drive is just totally diminished by the the soot they're breathing in every day. <laughs> they don't even <laughs> want to get naked anymore. I mean, I would say in the '40s, the guy probably invades the woman's bed. Messes it up and then goes back Invades. to the <laughs> like, That's a great I, verb choice. I think that's probably what I expect happens, but it's tough to say. Yeah. It's... The separate beds is weird. Really weird. I think, is that, was that a normal thing then? I mean, it's like a normal thing on like I Love Lucy, but like I don't know if it was a normal thing in like. I, IRL, like in real life. I don't think it was. But I don't know. Oh. Gene Shepard, if he was alive, we could ask him. But unfortunately, he is not with us anymore. So, but yeah. it's a the, great... The only, other, the only other thing I wanted to mention is that um, Scott Fargus really looks like the Shermanator from the American Pie movies, and I did some research, it is not. Which made sense, because the, 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 the timing wouldn't, wouldn't line up there. But he look, looks a lot like the Shermanator to me. Also in the course of so in the, also in the course of my research, I learned that Scott Fargus's name is spelled S C U T, uh, so it's Scott Fargus. Oh wow, uh, which is super weird. So there's some couple fun facts. It's a but, good bully uh, name though. Scott Fargus sounds like a sounds yeah. like a real rabble rouser. <clears throat> sounds like someone from Indiana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also love like uh, the last thing I'll say uh, this is a random comment, but like he gets a bowling ball from the mom on Christmas bowling yeah. never covered in the movie. Like <laughs> yeah. just totally random. Gift. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I just love shit like that. It's so random. It's great because, like, what else do dads get? Dads get golf shit. They get bowling shit. Like, you never know what to get a dad anyway. Like, I feel like it's accessories for random stuff. Or maybe, like, a book or, like, a coffee mug. Like, the dad presents yeah. are always – even in real life, I feel like dad presents are horribly generic. And I feel like a bowling ball is the biggest version of that. Just a big dumb thing you get him because you don't know what else to get. Like, None I'm, of the I've dad been... presents I get are generic, Steve. I just oh, want to say that. Oh, of course. Well, wife yeah, I mean, listen. now we're in an enlightened age where dads get cool stuff, but – yeah, our wives are yeah. our wives are listening, and Sam probably should say the same thing. So. Dads also, dads also serve themselves their own dinners. 
now. Uh, <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. We've we've lost we've lost some things and gained others. Also, don't don't eat, don't eat cabbage. Don't eat a lot of cabbage. Well, that does it for our Christmas story commentary. It's very, very good. It lives up to the reputation and the hype and the enthusiasm around it. Like like we said, it really is weirdly perfect for this time of year, for this kind of movie. It's They've never been able to make another one, and nor should they. I dare them to try and remake it someday. You know that's going to happen at some point, and it's going to be an absolute mess because there's just no way they'll pull it off that well. But it's wonderful, and Sam, thank you for uh, letting us watch it. It was a treat. Thanks for joining me on the journey. You bet, buddy. There is a there is a Christmas story too, I believe. But, oh uh, God, uh, what? Uh, Yeesh! I didn't even know that. That makes yeah. Me... A Christmas story uh, too. Daniel Stern. Wow. Oh jeez. Oh my gosh, this sounds very very bad. Sam, do not uh, make us watch this one, please. Got another one on the roster. <laughs> God no. God. Daniel Stern. Is he just is Daniel Stern just trying to ruin his reputation as like a iconic Christmas actor? Because that seems in like twenty twelve, I don't think Daniel Stern was getting a ton a lot of great roles, so he might have just taken the payout, you know? Who knows? I don't want to find out. I hope we never have to know. But he at least could have just made him the narrator, because I mean he was good at that in the Wonder Years. So. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. That's a movie that exists. I hope we do not watch it ever in our lives. But if you want to see the other movies we've watched for this and other Christmas episodes, you can find them all at inrealdeep.com. You can also subscribe to the In Real Deep podcast everywhere podcasts are delivered, and you will be able to get all of our episodes, which include a bunch of other stuff, and then, of course, many, many, many Christmas holiday episodes from years past. Sam, Andrew, what a treat. Thank you for this. It was great. Now we are watching Anna and the Apocalypse. Is that correct, Sam? Yeah, I can't wait. Be my third time this year. I don't know what this is. I have no idea what to expect. That's not usually a good sign, Andrew, but I guess we're going to go down this road together. So, Ugh. Can't be worse than Princess Switch 2, right? <laughs> That's I mean. true. The bar's, the bar's been set very low, so we are certain to clear it. But join us next time and find out exactly how high we clear it. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Soon will come our way, Santa very soon will come our way.